Hello, it is Thursday, September 17th, and we can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. Big show, big guests, big conversations. Darius Butler, Dequell Jackson, Jordan Palmer, AJ Hawk, all the boys. Let's have a Thursday. As always, I know that you can choose a lot of other things to penetrate your ear holes. So the fact that you let us do it, we are eternally grateful. Another company we are eternally grateful for is the greatest sports book, fantasy, and free-to-play company on planet Earth, FanDuel. FanDuel is obviously our biggest sponsor. FanDuel invested in us. And FanDuel has the tech, the sports gambling, the fantasy in the free-to-play that is just top-notch, unmatchable, uncompetable, I would say, at this point. FanDuel has the best odds on planet Earth for anything that you're potentially gambling, the best lines on Earth, the best, the most user-friendly app, for sure. And although we're only in five, six states at the moment, we will be opening that up to plenty, plenty more. So if you're in a state that does not allow mobile gambling, as soon as that thing comes live, there's only one place to go, and that's FanDuel. They still have daily fantasy for wherever the hell you want to play at. They also have free-to-play opportunities. FanDuel from top to bottom, is a winning, winning organization. We can't thank them enough, and we can't thank you enough for supporting them, for supporting us. And also, all we're trying to do this year is bankrupt the living hell out of them with our locks, with our bets, which we'll talk about today for tonight's Cincinnati Cleveland Browns AFC North barn burner on Thursday Night Football. Let's get to the show, Ty, shall we? Joining us now is a Pro Bowl linebacker who played for the Browns for a long time, then the Indianapolis Colts. We're talking about a man who threw his head into other humans on purpose for a long, long time. Locker neighbor of mine for a couple years, ladies and gentlemen, Dequell Jackson. Pat, how's it going, man? Hey, not too shabby. We had a conversation earlier, FaceTime. I was shirtless, and I told you I had to wear a shirt that had a collar on it, and I was going to get changed. I'm glad you put a shirt on. Thank you. Well, hey, no problem. I look good. You said I look good. You said I look jacked, tanned, and impeccable. I think we're (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I thought that's what you said. Uh, But I I got dressed up to talk to you because this is your first time joining us on the SiriusXM Mad Dog Radio Channel 82, and we appreciate the hell out of you, brother. Uh, thank you guys for having me, man. It's always great to talk to the great Pat McAfee. Um, you and I were teammates for, I think, a few years, three years, maybe four yeah, years. I forget years. how long. Uh, but you came over from the Browns. How long were you at the Browns? Uh, eight seasons. Eight long seasons. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it. Because I think after you warmed up to me, which did not happen immediately, the people should. No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> Did not happen immediately. There was a little bit of a, uh, it, probably, by the way, the exact same thing that's happening with a lot of the serious listeners <laughs> oh, yeah. right now. There, there's a lot of that happening right now. I came in, a lot of energy, a lot of energy, and then you and I had a great conversation. Yeah, no, it was You know what? It was funny. I tell people this all the time. So, Pat, for the listeners who don't know this story, so Pat would always be one of the first guys in the building. And so would I, right? So we were locker mates, and... You know, I'm not used to this, like, this kicker, no offense, this kicker just with so much personality and is funny and is talkative. But sometimes at 6.30 in the morning, you don't want to hear that. (laughs) 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 And and I'll never forget, I leaned over one day, you were were, were in one of your modes, you were talking, you were, you know, just chatting it up, as always. And I look at you and I simply ask you a question. I'm like, it's is this what I have to look forward to? And you looked at me and were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know what? I appreciated the, the the candor, and we just hit it off ever since, man. And, you know, it was great to to get to to have a locker next to you and, and have some funny stories to tell. And uh, I miss that locker room chatter. I me, really do. Hey, me too. That locker room was an awesome place. And I think – a locker room kind of changes, you know, as humans come in. Sure, and when, when sure. you came into the locker room alongside Pops, Mike Adams, it yeah. was like this two veteran presence that came in who maybe weren't in a great spot before then, mm-hmm. but had played great football and then kind of like immediately took this leadership role, which doesn't always happen, by the way. Even if somebody's yeah. old, it's it's not easy just coming and be Listen, a leader. I, I was a battered I was a battered human being being in Cleveland for eight years. I was battered, so I wasn't used to a a situation where guys had fun and enjoyed coming to work and not have to worry about, 
you know, are we in this business of winning games? So it was all new to me, and it was you guys welcomed myself and Pops with open arms, and uh, it was it was a great three years, to be quite frank. Okay, so let's talk about that experience that you had in Cleveland because everybody basically says the same thing. It's like the place is set up to win. It has great facilities. Yes. It has great fans. It's everything. Just for some no reason, though, can just never happen. And, and there's a, a couple coaches have told me uh, you haven't officially coached in the NFL until you've been fired from Cleveland. And then Absolutely. Yeah, but why is it like that? Why is I it about the Cleveland Browns? You know, I wish I had a crystal ball. Pat, I wish I really did, but it's something about, I can honestly say, anyone who's ever been a part of that franchise, and whether it be a coach or a player, the Cleveland Browns never lacked talent. They always had a talented players. It was always a carousel of coaches and front office moving nonstop. So you can't get, you can't build any continuity, whether it be on the offensive side, whether it be on the defensive side of the ball, and it, and you add the fans, the fans are the most loyal fans in the National Football League. They may boo you around the third <laughs> quarter, but they will show up. They will show up. I can honestly tell you that. But I had a great experience from a fan standpoint. But in that building, it's just it was toxic at times. And it also felt like the older and the more I understood the business of the game, you know, you start to realize, wait, are we actually in the business of winning games or collecting draft capital? Because it seems like every year the Browns have a ton of draft capital, but they never are able to triculate that over to the field and as a result to win more games because it's always constant movement in the front office. That's my that's the best guess I could give you. But I wish I had a crystal ball to fix that problem because Odell Beckham is going through it right now. This team and I know I'm going on a rant right now. No, it's good. It seems like the Cleveland Browns can't figure out what their identity will be. They have all this talent on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, you have Baker Mayfield, but then you have Nick Chubb mm-hmm. and and Kareem Hunt. They don't know whether they want to run the football or throw the football. Yeah. So they have the personnel to throw it. But I think in order for this team to be successful and to be successful consistently, they have to set up the pass through the run. Okay. Okay. You said a lot there, and I feel like I I love the rant, by the way, because we learned a lot through your emotion there, and (laughs) I I think that is very good. And I think while you're in the middle of it, there talking about Odell at the end, there is a plane landing in your backyard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so I I'm in DC, so I live very close to the airport, and I was trying to talk through it, but uh, yeah. No, yeah, you battled. It's you... probably going to come another 10 minutes. Another 10, Every 10 minutes, we hear a plane fly over. So, I mean, I'm actually in my backyard. I just got a pool built, so I'm trying to swim. I've been swimming a lot lately. Living over there. Oh, Take man. care of the joints. Let's go back to your comments about the Browns because they're in the middle of movement right now. I mean, new head coach, first game last week. Obviously, this is his second game, second game with Kevin Stefanski. Andrew Barry, who was at the Colts for a long time, who I thought yes. he should have been a GM for a long time ago. He, once you become a GM or a head coach, and a head coach and GM pairing, you probably have always had this thought of what your team should look like. Like, this is what we think our team should look like. They have Baker Mayfield coming into his third year. First year, electric. Last year, not as great. Now he's in his third year. I think there's a lot that Baker Mayfield's going to have to do for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski to be like, yeah, this is what we want our team to be shaped around. And I like Baker Mayfield. I stuck up for Baker Mayfield on television a lot. He hasn't played the best football, but I like him. I just don't know if he knows... Well, he probably does at this point because he understands the business of football. It's like he's going to have to win them, I think, like a Super Bowl or they're going to be moving on to somebody else, which is, to your point, even more turnover. So now we got another couple years waiting on this whole thing. Yeah, I think you're exactly right because Andrew Barry never drafted, you know, um, uh, Baker. Baker Mayfield. So yeah. this is going to be very interesting, you know, with the with us being in the middle of a pandemic right now and these guys not having a traditional offseason, no training or of, yeah, you, get you know, it. abbreviated um, training camp, but no preseason games. This was actually their first preseason game. It's going to take quite a bit of time for this offense to figure out and Steve Stefanski to figure out, OK, what does my team do well offensively? Because that's where you've invested a ton of money in and you need to see some results. And listen, I'm like you. I love Baker Mayfield. I love the, 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 the aura that he presents. I love the bravado. I love all of that. You need that in Cleveland. You have to be thick skinned. But, you know, if he doesn't start to turn the corner here, I feel like tonight is a must win for them because Cleveland has seen this quite often of them starting 0 2 
and them not being able to dig themselves out of a hole. And you go down 0-2, you have a new GM, you have a new head coach. Now that blame is going to start turning on the players. Oh, yes. Particularly Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. Take the brunt of it. Yeah, you're 100% right. And funny you said that because I do believe you are a part of some of these stats here. <laughs> and I don't want you, since 1990, teams that start 0-2, only 13% chance to make the playoffs, right? So these are some numbers here. And then mm-hmm. since 2002, when the league expanded, only 11% chance to make the playoffs since 2002 if you start out wow. 0-2. Now they're expanding the playoffs this year, so maybe that number will jump up a little bit but a lot of people think like week two doesn't matter because hey you're not playing your best football we agree teams are going to change from week two to week 15 and you have to be playing your best football at week 15 but you're also you have to figure some things out early to be playing better than everybody else who's trying to figure out their football as well in history and numbers here which i'm not a big numbers guy but that is a pretty telling fact well the cleveland browns it should be fairly easy the hardest thing to do in this league is to accumulate talent and they have a bundle of it you know, and somehow this coach, either you decide to run the football or decide to pass the football. <laughs> you know, either way, you have to decide, OK, what's going to set up? Well, are we going to pass first, run second or run first, pass second? Well, what's best for Baker Mayfield at this point? And I think, again, he's been with multiple head coaches, multiple offensive coordinators. So you can evaluate him, you know, evaluate him, evaluate him as you may. But I still think there's a chance for him. But. I think that that environment in Cleveland is at times can be toxic. At times it can be overwhelming. And it seems like to me, you know, it's only a matter of time before Dale Beckham kind of boils over, boils over and is through with this because he's not getting enough targets and he's not giving him. He's not they're not putting him in a position to help this football team win games. So he he got a lot of targets last week. I think he had, ten. A, he had 10 yeah, targets, like 10. which, yeah. by the way, I think he's pumped up about. I would assume they're not going to change that because he's a very dynamic player. Unless the rumors of them wanting to trade him are true, then I mean, there's a lot to, to digest. There. A, lot to, a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? But tonight's a big night and tomorrow we will overreact to hell. And <laughs> oh, about yeah. It all. oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You talked about. A team, whether you want to run it or pass it, you got to figure it out. Back whenever you were playing linebacker, there's a lot more teams that ran the ball. Like running the mm-hmm. ball was a big deal. And you were Mike linebacker, so you literally had to stick your face in a lot of people's other faces. Who is somebody you hated <laughs> tackling? Who's like in the history of Ooh. your career that you were like, you know what, this person, I hated tackling them. I'll tell you who Man. I had. Antonio Cromartie, need my Antonio. jaw through my nose. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I can see how that could uh, affect you long term. Thank you. It but did. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? A name that jumps out to me. Is a guy that really wasn't all that flashy, but he was as big as I was, and he was fast, and he would, I tell you, he was a tough tackle, and that's Ronnie Brown. Uh, oh, I don't know yeah. if you remember when he was with the Miami Dolphins, and oh, yeah. he, the Wildcat, Wildcat was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was Wildcat left, Wildcat right, Ronnie Brown left, Ronnie Brown mm-hmm. right, and it was just like, a, oh, my gosh. I, he was just a lo- handful to tackle, but I got lucky. Because when I was drafted to the Cleveland Browns, that was the year uh, a, na- a guy by the name of, nicknamed The Bus. Oh, Jerome Bettis. Wheels so, on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. That was a song that they made us sing in Pittsburgh yep. uh, as kids. Oh, my goodness. So I got lucky by avoiding him by a year. But uh, I think Ronnie Brown sticks out and Adrian McPherson. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, if you're a Sports Illustrated fan at all, Years ago, years ago, I made the cover of Sports hey! Illustrated. Okay. Yeah! Congratulations, Devon. Not, not for those reasons. Oh, no. I had a fist full of dirt in my helmet, <laughs> oh. and you see Adrian McPherson. He ran over like 10 of us, and he ran for 60, a 60 yard um, long touchdown. I mean, it was embarrassing as hell, but at least I made the cover. Yeah. Hey. Cover. Hey, hey. hey. Yeah! Uh, you talk about that Wildcat offense that was down there in Miami, and everybody was like, oh, this is going to work. Pat White, actually, everybody was like, oh, Pat White's going to be a Wildcat offense. And then it kind of disappeared for a little bit. And then now it's a whole new wide-open offense. I mean, the offense is it's part oh, Wildcat, man. it's part spread, it's part this, yeah. it's, all, it's part everything, a lot of college. If you, so- yeah, if you were in there, well, yeah, you said you're so glad you're not in it. I'm so glad I'm not part of this NFL right now because I can't keep up. You know, back in my, when I was drafted, there was, you know, uh, lead left, lead right, you know, occasionally go empty. And then the Wildcat was implemented as you uh, hit on. But now there's a complete spread offense. And, you know, a guy my size, six foot, 235 pounds, I'm considered a safety in today's 
NFL. So uh, it's extremely difficult to play defense right now. You, you can barely hit anyone. Everyone is a pass catcher. There's no traditional, you know, uh, conventional running backs nowadays. They're glorified pass catchers. So it's extremely difficult to play uh, defense in this league uh, today. Tight ends also, by the way. They're just yeah, they're, tight ends as well. They're just bigger. Stronger wide receivers that mm-hmm. just so happen yep. to be in there, and they, they are fast. By the way, oh, yeah. they line hey, too. And congratulations! Uh, you getting married, by the way. Oh, the yeah! Right. There you go. Yeah. Forever's a long time. Love. Forever's Welcome a long to time. The club. Hey, to the club. I appreciate Here's that. Another plane, by the way. Let's just talk through it. Pretend <laughs> like it's, you don't hear anything. You're in DC. Are those commercial planes, or you got like military grade engines flying know. overhead? No, no, they're commercial planes. Oh, they're okay. Commercial. So you got Southwest up there. Watch mm-hmm. out for that. Yeah, thing. Southwest, Delta, those type of guys. Oh, got you. Um, your birthday's in nine days. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. And, oh, oh, no. Jeez. No, no. 52 looks oh, great on here. That. Oh, no, dude. Oh, they could have easily kept you out of there, too. Like They could have did like a different background, but instead Listen, it's crocky. Adrian, Adrian Peterson dominated this game. I do, think you called dominated. It, I do think you called him McPherson a couple times, and I had no idea who you were <laughs> talking did? about. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know oh, who you were. So, you know, Adrian McPherson was a guy, he won Mr. Football in the state of Florida, was a mm-hmm. Florida State FSU. Yeah. Hey, shout out Adrian. Hey, hey, Mr. McPherson, Mr. Congrats. McPherson's a stud. Uh, yeah, well, he's a stud. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate you so much. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And I'm probably going to take a dive in this heated pool. Oh, oh, wow. hey, is that salt water? Is this salt water? It is. Oh, wow. wow. This guy. Smart. He smart. knows. Oh, a little oh, hot tub up there, too. Nice. Hey, that's good masonry, isn't it? Hey, it's good masonry. Is that Lucas Lagoon? Yeah. Uh, don't is that Lucas? Yeah, what is that? That's the wife's. Don't mind the swan. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, get after it. Hey, you do whatever you got to do back there, DQ. Ladies and gentlemen, to Quell Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Joining us now is a quarterback guru, a man who trained old Joey Burrow, a man who played in the NFL for a long time, and a guy who we haven't talked to since the draft, but we definitely miss over here. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Jordan Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Louder, guys. Oh, Remember, sorry. I'm a big deal. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 Woo. Palmer. <laughs> Good Great. closet. Not bad. Great. What is that? Hats and shoes. Oh, good flex here. I like what you're doing here, Jordan. I'm also hiding from my kids right now. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a babysitter, <laughs> and it, I'm sitting here going, "If I walk in downstairs, I don't have anywhere I can do this interview with what? Wi-Fi." So, I, yeah, I'm in my closet and I'm I'm flexing and I'm talking to you and I'm excited to do both. Well, your closet looks fantastic. The flat bills look very crispy. The shoes look clean and organized. I'm very impressed by your diverse collection. You have some Air Force Ones up on the top there, some Cole Hans underneath that. It's like your business, your casual your party you're a good time yeah a lot of apl too i'm big on the apl game wow. what is that um, what is apl oh apl these are the shoes i don't really wear anything other than apls right now yeah that's uh that's the move a lot of guys in uh, football world are jumping on it too so but yeah but thanks for asking you kind of have like the chris sims top button but you also, I'm, I'm assuming, have the Gardner Minshew jean shorts, Hang too. On. It's over. It's over. <laughs> so, Both of those are mine, by the way. Actually, yeah, yeah. the top button was Dang. Justin Timberlake first, then old Pat McAfee. Uh, okay. Chris Sims uh, just got put on NBC and did it, and then all of a sudden started just claiming it as his own. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never what seen you as a human before. I've been doing this a long time. And then Gardner Minshew, uh, legend, abs- sliced and diced the Indianapolis Colts, 95% completion percentage. Relax, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> the Jorts have been... No, like Gardner Minshew, I'm pumped that he is a Jort representative, but yeah. I don't think I've ever owned anything other than for like, I don't know, 33 years at this point. <laughs> so yeah. a little bit of respect, please, Jordan. Jeez. No, I love it. I love it. And and, and and honestly, like that's the best form of flattery. And at the same time. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But at the same time, fashion comes full circle. So at some point, that was someone else's thing. If You know what I mean? It's, it's coming back. So, yeah. but I think in 2020, this day and age with your platform, dude, you're you're ahead of it, man. Well, I, I might it. start unbuttoning everything. <laughs> Maybe. What if I just become, well, then that's Conor McGregor. That's what Conor McGregor does with his whole shirt completely unbuttoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll figure it out, Jordan. Let's talk about football. Joe Burrow, okay? You knew Joe Burrow was going to be good. I believe you said since the first time you worked with him, which I believe was like December or something after his junior year, going into his senior year, you said that you just knew that he had something, he had it, whatever it was. And then his senior year at LSU was obviously paramount, monumental, will be talked about for a long, long time as potentially one of the greatest quarterback seasons in college history, probably the greatest season in college quarterback history. 
Now he goes to Cincinnati, which was an interesting setup because last year they weren't trying to lose every game and they still earned the number one overall pick. Haven't been great for a long, long time and nobody knew what the situation was. Last week, Joey Burrow comes in there, starter day one with an insane time to come into the NFL with COVID, no OTAs, and he impressed every Mm -hmm. single human on earth. You knew this was going to happen and why was it that you knew Joe Burrow was going to be able to transition from college to pros in a pretty efficient fashion and leading a team? Well, my eye always goes to the same two things, and it's not really physical arm talent, size, speed, hand size, any of that stuff. It's confidence and it's maturity. Confidence, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, it's got to be self-generated. It has to be independent of the environment, meaning you can't just be confident when everybody around you tells you you're awesome. Like you, you got to be confident when the world is against you and you have one person to believe in and that's yourself. So that's Joe's the poster boy for that mentality. But maturity is not, you know, tucking your shirt in and, and t- buttoning your top button okay. and cutting your jorts super high and oh, tight. That's wow. not maturity. Okay. Maturity <laughs> is, uh, yeah, just is being in a situation you've never been in before and you shouldn't really be comfortable and being comfortable and acting like you've been there before. And he did that. I mean, some of these guys like Trevor Lawrence, when he goes to the NFL, Trevor Lawrence was a huge recruit in high school. He had a ton of social media followers then. He's been to the playoffs, you know, and it's all said and done three times and been up for the Heisman. Like, that's a lot of experience. Joe wasn't. I mean, Joe had one crazy year and all 15 games. You know, when, when LSU's 9-0, and that's the first time they've ever been 9-0. and And then they're 10-0. and And then they're 11-0. and All that's a new situation. And he handled it every single week very mature and the whole draft process he's been mature we're on zoom there is no off season well he just kind of acted like it's not that big a deal and he's been mature and so you put him in these situations and he acts like a guy who's been there and done it a long time and he hasn't and so i look at him and i go man the the floor is really really high because the only thing he's going to do from here on out is actually get the experience and so for him to start that way as far as i'm concerned he drove down the field threw a game-winning touchdown to beat a really good Chargers defense. And it was a push-off, got called back, they missed a kick. And so it's not as talked about as it would have been had A.J. Green's touchdown counted and had, he just started off 1-0. First game ever, back in your hometown, starting for the Bengals, who have not always been great. Fourth quarter comeback, throws a touchdown to win in your first game. I mean, that is a storybook-like beginning in Cincinnati. And it, it obviously... If it wasn't for the worst cramp, the worst cramp, they <laughs> yeah, said, ever. the worst cramp in the history of professional sports, they'd probably go to overtime and with that momentum probably carry into a dub. But instead, now they're 0-1. Tonight, they go against the Cleveland Browns. Stats tell us that if you go 0-2, you're only like 11%, 12% chance to make the playoffs since like 1990, 13 or 11% since uh, 2002. It's not good to go 0-2. What do you think you're seeing out of tonight, out of Baker? out of Joey Burrow, out of the defenses. What do you think we should expect? Well, first things first, Baker Mayfield, here's just my opinion, is a gonna be is and gonna be a really good quarterback. Oh. Everyone needs to pump the brakes here a little bit. He's had four coordinators. Last week they only scored six points and I, I understand missed throws. All that. These guys need a couple weeks here. Tom Brady does. A lot of them do. No preseason, no offseason. Everybody just pump the brakes a little bit here. But Baker has a lot of weapons and the expectations are really high. I think Stefanski and this system, it's going to take a little bit for everyone to get on the same page and 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 know the spot that they're going to and the tempo at which they need to be there and the timing. It just takes a little bit. So I think we're going to see tonight is we're going to see some mistakes out of Cleveland and we're going to see some big plays. Uh-huh. Out of Cincinnati, I think we're going to see some mistakes and I think we're going to see some big plays. So I'm excited. I think we've got a bet. You know, this Cleveland Rounds roster Jordan. is just a better roster. Jordan, that answer uh. is a no answer. <laughs> you, just, you, you, you just made a no answer. I mean, it made sense why you said it, but that is really what you think. It's just going to be a mixed bag huh, on both sides. I do. I think they've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. One roster is a lot better than the other. Um, in Cleveland being better. And I think they're also going to have some some uh, mistakes. We're going to see some some missed throws. We're going to see some um, some penalties. And I just think that's going to be the story of the first couple weeks of this season. Um, but the, the real story with this game tonight is you've got Baltimore in this division and you've got Pittsburgh in this division. So I think both of these teams are fighting for something different than, a, you know, a, maybe a division title or a, a playoff berth. These guys are fighting to really build a foundation solidify who their you know that their quarterback is is the guy that they want to build around and then figure out how these organizations are going to really be able to find ways to win 
um, which is what you have to do when you're in a transitional period, as both these teams are. Hey, pretty important game. There's only like 10 years on the line or something. <laughs> got, hey, Jordan, uh, what the hell's going on with Jared Stidham? And did he was he inactive last week <laughs> just in case someone got COVID and he had to start week two? I'm not really sure. You know, I think when they made that move to bring in Cam and um, and really cater the offense, and we saw how effective that oh. is, and um, and it's probably going to get even more effective as, as time is. goes on, and they'll add wrinkles, as Josh McDaniels always does. Um, but I think um, with, with a little bit of the injury that he had in, um, I guess, his Soezer's hip, um, I think they, they went with Hoyer um, to be the two to back up all the experience that he has. and uh-huh. and then. Yeah. But I think they, they think a lot of, hmm. of Jarrett Stidham, and um, look, they ran this whole offseason with him. Um, you know, preparing him to be the guy. Cam didn't come on the scene till late, uh, and so I think they've got a lot of confidence in him. And he's a, a, you know, he's going into his, he's in his second season, fourth round pick, and so I think they think that a lot of him. They're just in a period right now. They're trying to figure out what they can do with Cam, and they're one and zero. Ah, that team. I like them against Seattle this weekend, and that's going to probably come back and bite me in the ass a little bit. But I, for some reason, I just think Bill Belichick's going to figure it out. That's just how I feel about everything. I view, I look at things like. Last year, for instance, their offense was trash. Everybody knew it. The defense was carrying them. Special teams was carrying them. And they didn't look like they were a threat to anybody in the playoffs. And every week I was on Get Up. Rex Ryan was like, this team's bad. Daniel Lobster was like, this team's bad. And I'm like, I'm not saying it. Because I've been on the other side of that team and lost by like 70, 80 times with a really good team. Just because Bill Belichick's big-ass brain, Ernie in the sky, Josh McDaniels, and the incredible freak quarterback that Cam Newton is. I just feel like they're going to figure it out. And that is... That's exactly what it appears is happening at the current moment over there. Yeah, every time they do something, I go whether they get rid of, you know, a starter or they bring in Cam Newton or they draft a guy. We're like, what? I, I kind of my I'm kind of always just going. Well, I'm I'm curious to see how this becomes the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> like it always ends up being that, you know. Um, and so they get Cam. I go. This will be awesome. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but it'll probably result in double digit wins. Oh, man. Jordan, uh, in the most-watched game of the week between the Bucks and the Saints, I mean, neither one of those quarterbacks looked great. Tom's in a new offense, and Drew, Drew's arm doesn't look like it is what it was once was. Did you do you have any thoughts on both of those players? Yeah, I think um, is this the the teams that have the most new moving parts are the ones that are going to take the longest. I think it's simple. And Tampa's got a couple new players, um, but at the few, quarterback yeah. position, at the running back position, at the tight end position. I mean, these are key positions. So they can't be what they're going to be week five, week six, week seven. And also remember this, for the last probably decade, New England, I don't know the stats, but New England usually has started slow. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's had a lot of seasons where they're like one and two, and then they win the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think he's concerned with anything other than trying to you know, make the corrections that he, the, the mistakes that he made last week, make those corrections and not do that this week. Um, but I, I don't, I don't believe that Drew's arms dropped off. Um, if it has, it's not to a point where it's going to be detrimental or negatively impact. I, I have them as representing the NFC. In the oh, that's, oh, it had to be a hot start yeah. for you and your brain and your pick yeah. there. But Drew Brees last year got a five week reprieve when Teddy Bridgewater came in and went undefeated. And obviously Teddy Bridgewater gets 20 million a year, 25 million a year from Carolina. But Drew Brees at the end of the year, he had a little bit more pop. I'll be excited to see if he doesn't have that five-week break, what his arm looks like, because I think that is something you have to question. But what I would like to ask you about, since you are a quarterback coach, you coach Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, uh, Joey Burrow, and in the past you have a bunch of other quarterbacks as well. You are, you you won't say, but you're a quarterback guru at this point, and you deal with a lot of in between the ears. That's your big thing. You like you like to view it as a quarterback room. How do I make these guys better? Obviously, we can work on some technique stuff, but everything in professional sports is in between the ears. It's the brain. Tom Brady's brain is an interesting one. He was a late-round draft pick. He's obviously very feisty, very competitive. And in New England, now there's stories rolling out from books and stuff that he didn't like the way he was being treated uh, behind closed doors. His opinion didn't matter. It felt like uh, Bill Belichick would cuss him out in front of the entire team, even in, like, year after six Super Bowls and everything like that. His wife allegedly said that they call him Johnny fucking Foxborough (laughs) around here. Like, there's a lot of quotes coming out. Now we have one week in Tampa Bay. And immediately after the game, after Tom Brady just through two picks in his debut in a new home, which everybody on earth is watching. It's the highest rated game they've had in like four or five years or something like that. Bruce Arian says, 
Well, the first pick, Mike Evans uh, ran the right thing, and Tom misread it and threw a, uh, an interception. And then his second pick, he was low or whatever, right? And I'm assuming Bruce got that from either Mike Evans, the wide receiver coach, offense coordinator. Somebody told him that. Bruce wouldn't just say that for no reason if he didn't see it. Then the next day, he goes, after watching film, actually, Tom was right the way Tom saw it, and Mike was wrong. And everybody's making a big deal out of this. Is this something, if you're a quarterback, Tom Brady, if you're in his, his shoes, does he just go, damn, why does this always seem <laughs> to happen to me and not happen to a lot of other other quarterbacks that are at my stature anywhere near my stature let me tell you a little story i was i'll leave the name out but i was uh i was having dinner with one of the owners of an nfl team i'm eating with billionaires i told you i'm a big deal i told you (laughs) no but it was fascinating and um he was basically telling me how he goes everyone in football thinks in terms of years this season last season next season he goes owners think in terms of decades don't get caught up on a year now, we want to win every year, but we don't get caught up on years. They own the team. Their grandkids are going to own the team. They think in terms of decades. That's always been in my head. And when I think of Tom Brady, the legacy that he has, the legacy that he already has, I don't think he thinks in terms of stats or yards or touchdowns or awards. I think he thinks in terms of legacy. So I don't think Tom Brady really cares. And this is my just purely my opinion. I don't think he cares what. Bill Belichick used to say what Bruce Arians is saying, whose fault it was on this. I think he's trying to win a Super Bowl. He's trying to do it in Tampa, away from New England, on his own. Like I think he's thinking in terms of big picture legacy. And this is one of the greatest competitors we've had in American sports history. And so I think he's just literally focused on next week. The whole one game at a time mentality that we've always said is the Patriot way. I don't think that you can deprogram that after 21 years or however long he played there. I think he's literally on to next week and could care less about anything other than improving the mistakes that were made last week and making sure they don't happen again in a way that we've never seen before. The discipline between the ears, all that stuff we can talk about. I just don't think we've seen this in this sport before. Case in point, six rings, nine Super Bowls appearances, and as good a roster as we have in the NFL right now. Yeah, but think about how boring that is. It sucks. Even yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even think of that. That's not- by the way, probably very accurate if I had to guess. I, I bet you the Tom Bruce thing, because Bruce had to come out and say, he's in a building, we're fine. Yeah. We're yeah. moving on. We're both just like whatever. But it's great fodder for us because it is the thought of why did Tom leave New England? And then now it's like, okay, Bill's doing this, Tom's doing this. And it's just as the biggest sport in America, people are going to be intrigued by the greatest dynasty in the history of that sport. And the two goats at their respected positions kind of splitting apart it's like all right here we go let's see how it goes we'll be watching along intently uh we can't thank you enough for joining us jordan you got a big ass brain a big ass closet and also a big ass rolodex of billionaires that you like to <laughs> congratulations for that yeah what owner? awesome thanks for having me guys this what, is owner? Fun. <laughs> what owner was it uh i can't say but just say the no no just you say this the city the team is in no, no, I no I, it was a private conversation, but, uh, Just but it was one name. that I remember. Did you sure buy? If I don't keep talking right now. You'll keep asking. <laughs> did you buy or did the, get it out of me? Did you buy or did the person, the owner buy? Uh, I was at a wedding. Oh, oh whose wedding? Oh, who's, who's wedding? Whose wedding? Was it Carson's who's wedding? Who's wedding? Who's wedding? Who's wedding? This is some good trivia. That's going to be a good poll. All right, Jordan Paul. <laughs> <Palmer, laughs> uh, have a good one, Bob. It's also an honor to be joined by a man who's a Super Bowl champion, a national champion, an all-around great guy. And tonight, he'll be doing a show with Urban Meyer, ladies wow. and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah! Good lighting. What's up? Yeah, I'm doing a, uh, I think it's like a live podcast type thing that Urban's going to be doing Whoa. every Thursday night from his, uh, I guess it's called Urban Meyer's Pint House, I think it is. Okay, quick question. So... Yeah. Will we be able to watch this live? And what are you asking Urban Meyer? Is Urban Meyer asking you questions? No, he's just it, there's. I think there's four or five of us. It's a thing they're going to do, and, and they're going to talk about like Bengals Browns tonight. Whatever's going on with Ohio State, whatever's going on with college football. Nope. I have no idea. I assume we're just going to go back and forth with each other. The boat. We need to hear yeah. about the boat. Yeah. yeah. Will One you be question. fully clothed? Yeah. Will you be? Will you be yeah. wandering around the background shirtless and in, on a boat potentially? You know what? So Schlegel, Anthony Schlegel is going to be on the, the show with me. I think he's doing it every Thursday. I bet I can talk Schlegel into recreating the urban guy with no shirt thing. And I think Schlegel could easily be the dude with no shirt on in the background. So I, you know what? Honestly, you texted me something last night about this, Pat. 
I, I lost a few hours of sleep trying to figure out how I'm going to work this in. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw you put out a tweet that said like an Urban's Pint or whatever it's called. I like that the guy has bar a bar, by the way. I like that he's doing that. And they're doing, yeah, Urban's Pint House. There's a lot to break down with Coach and the guys. As soon as I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, my God, AJ's going to be AJ's going to be talking. I said, I sent you a text. I said, are people going to be recording this? Are we going to be able to record this? And you have to ask about the boat. You have to ask yeah, about the boat. Yeah. And AJ responded with like, I think you laughed or whatever. I don't know how you fit that in, especially at a place that he owns on his show. That is going to be pretty <laughs> difficult. But if you can make it happen, that will be magical. It would be amazing. And I've already, I texted him after it happened. And I asked like, so I, I, I thought it was a specific guy in the background. I just asked, was it this guy in the background? And all he said was, ha ha, no. And that's all. That's the most we've interacted about this situation. So maybe I just got to put him on the spot, I guess. Why are you doing a live show? By the way, makes me like Urban Meyer a lot more if he was just out there getting after it on a boat, partying with his friends. And they're like, is there any way you could potentially talk right now about what's going on with the Big Ten? He's like, yeah, I guess I could. No problem. I'll just go in here. And then one of his friends is like, Urban! Oh. <laughs> and then there's a reflection of him in the back. It makes me respect him. It makes him more relatable. If you can fit it in, you fit it in. Uh, tonight, big matchup over there in Ohio. You played for the Bengals. You grew up in an area around Cincinnati. You still currently live around the Cincinnati area. What do you think about the evening? Joe Burrow's got a big test in front of him with this Cleveland Browns team. Miles Garrett off the edge are a little bit banged up. How do you feel the night's going to go, and what are you looking forward to most, Mr. A.J. Hawk? Well, I'm looking forward to a team. Like These are two teams that's, that could be going on different paths. Mm. I mean, the Bengals, look at the Bengals. Tons of hope. Joe Burrow, I think for the most part, people were really uh, impressed by his performance week one. Baker Mayfield, not so much. People are worried Whoa. that these are the uh, – they're worried that they're the same old Browns, aren't they? And oh, so I think tonight, geez, dude. But same old brownies. Jeez. What? Same old brownies. Same old brownies. No, I don't think it is. I think tonight oh. this is a pivotal game for the Browns. I know it's only week two. I think the Browns find a way to get it done. And so you're showing me the line. The Browns are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, the yeah. Browns are minus six-and-a-half tonight. The Bengals plus six-and-a-half. That is quite a spread there. And that's a lot of points for old Joe Burrow, who don't let Joe Burrow hang around. Joe <clears> Burrow's <throat> going to make a play. And if it wasn't for, we've said this a couple times now, the worst cramp in the history of professional sports is what some doctors are calling it for Randy Bullock. They go to overtime and probably get a win. They're probably 1-0 right now. And we're talking about how Joe Burrow has one of the most legendary first games in the history. But instead, it's the complete opposite. Can't go 0-2 tonight against the Brownies on Thursday Night Football. No, you can't. Hey, what do you think? Like, I, I didn't realize that the Browns would be that much of a favorite. I thought it would be almost like a pick'em game. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what anybody sees in these things, and that's why sports gambling is always such a joke. Mm -hmm. You can get hot. You can get hot for sure, and we have been hot, by the way. I mean, my super boost last week, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it didn't hit because Phillip Rivers <laughs> – didn't know what was going on. Joe Dirt was fucking unbelievable. Oh. I mean, did we test Joe Dirt the day after the game down there for All that pick he made on Phillip Rivers? And Gardner Minshew, he looked like Shane Falco yeah, out there. Out of, sudden, out of nowhere. Living on his boathouse or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable what the Jaguars looked. But that's what gambling is. Hey, that's gambling, that's baby. gambling baby. I like the Bengals plus six and a half. I really do really? like the Bengals plus six and a half. And tonight on FanDuel, there's a 47 plus total point scored in Bengals versus Browns. Max bet 50 bucks. That's boosted to plus 170. Nick Chubb to score the first touchdown of the game versus the Bengals, mm. plus 680 at this point. So if you bet 100 bucks, you win 680 bucks. Ooh, like that. There's a major boost going on tonight. There's going to be a lot of action, I'd assume, on this game, but nobody has a clue what the hell is going to happen because we don't know anything about these two teams, especially after one week of bad football. Do we know anything about any teams after one week? Kansas City Chiefs, still the Kansas City Chiefs. Very good. Uh, okay. Bill, Bill Belichick, big old brain still to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, Ravens. Uh, uh, Ravens are very good. Lamar Jackson is still going to be able to do what he did last year to teams, uh, it feels like. We don't know if that's just the Browns or if that's the Ravens. But aside from that, oh, the Arizona Cardinals are back. Yep. San Francisco 49ers are banged up. Richard Sherman's on IR for at least three weeks. George Kittle's not practicing. They're in trouble. But other than that, everything is just complete crapshoot. Don't let Rodgers get Rodgers is the best QB. Aaron Rodgers is playing good mm -hmm. football. And he's having great performances on Tuesdays on uh, mm -hmm. Mad Dog Channel 8. And the Jets stink, yeah. Well, do you know what are, what are your big takeaways about teams that we know? Well, I think something that we talked about on the show maybe yesterday or before, first-year head coaches struggle, right? Yeah, out, out the gate, they, that was uh, an issue. Let's see if that continues to struggle or they can right the ship. Um, I wanted to ask Foxy. So with the Packers, they're playing the Lions this mm -hmm. week. Oh, yeah. You would think on paper this sets up beautifully 
for Devontae Adams, for Aaron, for all his receivers, for all the backs out of the backfield, yeah, catching AJ, balls and also running. Mm-hmm. Like, how does Foxy feel about the matchup? AJ, Aaron Rodgers is about to throw for 650 yards, guaranteed. <laughs> we have three of our best DBs. They're out for the game. It's going to be absolutely terrible. We're going to go 0-2. And Pat started off the show by saying, if you go 0-2, you only have a 12% chance to make the playoffs. Lions have no shot. I'm just going to be straight up honest. They go down 88% uh, their chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> no chance. If they lose this weekend against a very hot Aaron Rodgers who will only say it's only one game. It's only one game. Okay, you were throwing lightning bolts out of your hands. Uh, to talk about the passing game tonight and to give us a lock on a quarterback prop bet of passing yards for both Baker and Joe Burrow tonight, to give us one sure lock and his prediction for the game. A man who played corner and safety for a long time in the NFL, one of the biggest brains in the history of the NFL on the field. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, are you in a studio right now? You look like you are in a sports book yourself. Yeah, man, I'm at home, man. That's your house. Checking, the golf, checking some golf out, big golf guy. Oh, yeah, you're a big hockey guy, big golf guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm all around, man, well-balanced. Well, I'll, I'll let you know that your particular hockey team did lose immediately oh, after man. you predicted them mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. It might be a jinx. But uh, congrats to Dallas. Great job, guys. Oh, look at – Whoa. Wow. Humility. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Okay, Darius, tonight, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield. Over-under for Joe Burrow, I believe, is 238 – a half yards against that Cleveland Browns defense. Baker Mayfield, yep. I forget exactly what his 235 is. 235 and a half. So they're pretty much the same. How do you feel? What do you think one of these quarterbacks is going to do? And how hard should we hammer your prediction for this evening? Oh, hammer, hammer down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Woo. Joe number one, number one overall pick. He's going to show um, why he's the number one pick. Uh, this game, man, and uh, last last week he, he came he came within a drive within a play really that OPI of winning the game, and um, you know he had a mean pass rush after him had some great DBs playing against uh, with the Chargers. You know Casey Hay was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week actually, and he won't be facing that this week with the Browns. They only got one game record up front on defense. Miles Garrett, not like the two guys he faced last week. He'll be out of the pocket. The Browns struggled with that last week. Obviously, they were facing Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow's no Lamar Jackson, but he definitely takes advantage of guys out of the pocket, running in, throwing, and so on. I'm seeing him have a big game this week. Hammer the over on Burrow. Whoa. Okay. Okay, 238.5. And and you would assume that if he does that, you you feel good about the Bengals' chances tonight then against the Browns, even though the Browns' roster, by all accounts, is a much more talented one. Yeah, that's on paper, man. It's on paper. We just haven't seen it uh, get done. You see uh, Odell's numbers drop drastically since the trade uh, before 2019 season. Um, Baker just hasn't progressed as a quarterback. He just hasn't. Um, you know, you can make any excuse you want for him. He's got the weapons around him. And you just don't see it. And I see, um, you know, like I said, I think that Chargers team is pretty good. They came within a couple plays and then the damn kicker pulling the muscle Cramp. on the last kick of, uh, you know, winning that game or taking the OT. So um, I'm going with the Bengals, man. It was a bad cramp. AJ knows that. Worst cramp of all time. Oh, yeah. Worst cramp. I- cramp. Cramp, Worst yeah. cramp ever in all of professional sports, yeah. they said. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what they said. AJ knows. Wow. Yeah. Listen, listen. Confirmed. Yeah, listen. Hey, Darius, what uh, – okay, so Odell Beckham Jr., people want to say he's on the trade block, whatever. Is is it more of Baker not getting him the ball? Or is he not open? Like, I haven't studied him as much as you may have studied him. Like, what's going on with Odell? Um, it's, it's, it's really just the synergy between him and Baker. And you always uh, feel like the grass is greener on the side. You know, he excelled with Manning, you know, top five in all the major categories and receivers, but never got on the same page with Baker. And you see it's times when – I mean, it's, football is a simple game. You know, you get single high coverage, you get one-on-one outside with Odell, he's going to create separation. It's just going to come down to the quarterback consistently putting accurate passes on him. You saw last game. And then when he does, sometimes it's, it's Odell's fault as well. I see him drop some balls. You know, he dropped a, um, he dropped, he dropped a, um, a critical third and three, I believe. That he's wide open. Baker hit him in stride. So it's, it's kind of both of them, but I would say it's definitely more Baker and more. You know, they're changing systems every year, so it's not like anybody's getting comfortable. So, um, you know, they got to figure it out and quit. Okay, so whenever you watch a game, for instance, I've heard from my offensive line friends that when they watch a game, they're literally just watching the offensive line play. I would assume AJ took him a little bit. Whenever he watches a game, he's more likely to watch what the linebackers are doing on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I, you don't, AJ. <laughs> AJ, you do not. You hate linebackers. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll peripherally watch the linebackers. I try to 
try to first see like what the coverage may be, how they're disguising on defense, and then I want to see what the offense is doing, like how when are they motioning to a bunch, a stack? Like, what's what are they likely to do? Oh, so you're trying to play the game whenever you watch it. So I've never done that because I've never actually played the game. But like the the thought of, do you think? Can you watch just a secondary? Like, can you break down a secondary or a wide receiver's production? And can you tell basically who's going to win the game? Like, do you feel that the secondary is one of those positions, one of those groups that can directly affect whether or not a team is going to win or lose? Yeah, I mean, you can, but, um, you know, you always, it's football, too. I mean, you never know. It's tough. You know, special teams is a big part of it, field position. You know, that affects play calling. So you, it's never that simple. Uh, but, you know, the Brown secondary you got a lot of guys banged up in that secondary. You got um, Greedy Williams is out. They lost the second round pick who's supposed to be a starter. You got Mac Brown, I believe. Um, so you got a lot of guys out. So you have other guys that are stepping in, and that's when you get the mistakes. That's when you get the blown coverages. And Cincinnati has the talent on the edges to to make them pay. So. One of my one of my favorite moves by good veteran quarterback. Well, I started smiling just because I thought about a quarterback who's like a veteran. Now, granted, it's Joe Burrow, so he's only in his yeah. second game. He's still trying to find his level too in the NFL. I'd assume, even though he's handled everything in a cool fashion. But like a veteran quarterback, when there's a replacement corners in, or we talked about this yesterday, and that's why I started smiling yeah. because I watched my rookie year, it was one of the most savage things I've ever seen in my entire life. One of the corners goes out. It might have been like week four. One of the corners gets hurt. And Peyton saw like a number 47 or like a trash number coming off the sideline from their team as a replacement. Not on the scout report. Not, I haven't seen that guy all week. Have not, I did not even know that guy was on a team. Is he? Yeah. He's like looking over at the special teams coordinator. Is he a gunner for the punt? <laughs> Who is this guy? So he, this kid jogged on the field all the way across the field. And I watched Peyton's helmet just follow him all the way to where he went and then he looked at the guy he was lined up I forget who it was there was a wide it might have been Austin Collie or it might have been Reggie it could have been whoever it was and he literally looked at the guy and then he made a check and they went at that guy eight straight times it was just like (laughs) boom 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 this is a touchdown tonight the Browns have a brand new basically secondary three people are out that is a massive amount of people that you're going to have to keep up with do you think Joe Burrow is at this point where he can do that? And have you ever been in a situation where you have either seen a teammate like, hey, hey, he is looking at you right now. Like, you, you need to know that he is coming this way. Careful. Has that happened in the NFL to you or to anybody well, you I'll know? St- I'll start with Burrow. I, w- I don't think Burrow's at that point yet. You know, he's still kind of figuring it out. No preseason, really no, no real offseason. So he's still figuring it out. And he, he went against one of the better pass rushers in the league, one of the better secondary groups in the league from game one. So now I believe this game will kind of be like, you know, it's a short week, but it'll kind of be like, okay, wow, this is this may be a little easier than I thought because you kind of got thrown in that fire. So I don't think he's at the point where he's picking guys out. He just wants to execute, make completions, and then make the big plays um, when they come his way. And on the, the other the other question, I've been that guy. I've been that guy. I've, I've seen that same big head that was watching that guy. I've seen that big head, check, check, blah, blah, and he's just standing there like, well, yeah, I was watching this as a kid, and this is yeah, I'm really in it. Like it's really he's, yeah, he's checking. Out. Like, yeah, it's probably I'm lined up against Reggie, I'm a rookie. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And he's I remember that fourth to two game actually. It was a drive where he came out. Let's say probably the second drive out of halftime, and he just went at me like four or five plays in a row, just routes I have never seen before. So uh, I've been that guy. It's not it's not a good feeling. Oh, it's a nightmare. Hey, Darius, you feel like I'm in the movie and I just had no input on. What I was doing, I was just an extra in the Tom Brady and Peyton battle. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If you were, let's say you were the D coordinator for the Browns, and they're all banged up. They don't have a whole lot of help in the secondary. What can he do? Like, what can he call defensively to help him out in the back end? Man, it, it, it's tough because you, you can, I mean, you, the, the first thing you think is keep safeties back, you know, keep, keep two high safeties, but then that, that um, you know, takes away guys in the run game. I mean, you have Joe Mixon. Um, he's one of the better running backs in the league. Just got paid this offseason for a reason. So he's the number one guy you got to take away from the Bengals. So when you do that, when you're trying to take away Joe Mixon, you're going to leave those corners out of the island. So um, it's, it's going to be tough, man. I, I try to try to protect and recover too, but um, you also got to play the game not to, not to just lose. You got to be aggressive. So they got to earn a check, man. They're there for a reason. So what do you think, what do you think uh, Joe Burrow's stat line looks like when the game is over tonight? I would say – Let's say 21 for 32. Oh, okay. Ooh, wow. 272 yards. Oh! Two touchdowns, one pick. 
Okay, uh, who's going to get the pick for Cleveland? Is there any humans we know that are going to be good on the, in the back end there? No, because it's going to be guys. It'll probably be Miles Garrett on like a freak <laughs> like in the air and somebody picks it. It'll be probably some, some, something like that. Oh, so it's like so I, Joe, think, I think Burrow wins this game. So it's like Joe Dirt down there in Jacksonville picking off Phillip Rivers. Hey, let's talk Where about Where the hell did this guy come from, man? I know. I did. Sunshine coming out of nowhere. <laughs> on, we got we to gotta, we gotta, we gotta figure out. What are we on right now? Are we on FCC right now? No. We gotta figure that shit out <laughs> ASAP. You can't let Kirk Cousins come in here and get up. Uh, so you, oh, no. you hey, hit, hit his ass. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> what happened on the defensive side of the ball for the Indianapolis Colts? They're supposed to be a defense that is supposed to be good. Phillip Rivers came to a team that had a great offensive line, great defense, good special teams. In the defense, I don't think they looked what everybody thought they were going to be. It had Tom no. Brady interested in coming to the Colts because they were the most complete team at one point. It was a hot landing spot because of that defense. What did you see, and why was Gardner Minshew able to pick them apart? Is Gardner Minshew the next <laughs> Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees? Is that what we're looking I, at? I, I, I wouldn't put him in that category at all, but he's definitely a good quarterback. Um, he's that, he's a good. He's going to take what you give him, and we gave him a lot. You know, we played soft, we didn't play aggressive. It kind of looked like, uh, kind of like a first preseason. How you will call that game? It looked very vanilla. Uh, we didn't challenge the guys, and maybe that was because of the offseason. But when you bring over DeForest Buck, uh, Buckner, sorry, um, I didn't feel I didn't I didn't feel his impact on the game. Um, Xavier Rose, another dish who didn't make his impact on the game. So it's kind of vanilla plays. When you have a vanilla defense, you have to have the players that make the difference. Like the players have to take control and make. Because San Francisco has a vanilla defense. Seattle has a vanilla defense over the years, but they have guys who make the difference, make the play to take charge of that defense. So that's what has to take, uh, you know, take place on our team. We need to see more out of DeBoris Fuckner. <laughs> Seriously, we do. We do, Darius. We absolutely do. DeForest Buckner, I'm sorry. Hey, I appreciate you joining us. We're going to hammer the Joe Burrow over 238.5. We'll talk to you tomorrow about it. We will hold you accountable, and then we'll get some predictions for the weekend, too. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man, the Man to Man podcast and everything DB, NFL, safety and corner, Darius Buckner. Yeah. I, I apologize to Connor too. I forgot he was getting bullied um, earlier in the oh, week yeah. by those oh, stooges. Oh, yeah. oh, right. I, I, I don't like to be a bully, man. Sure. I was just purely Heat Celtics yeah, banter. Sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we get it, Darius. Just stick to football in the second. <laughs> What's up, fellas? <laughs> Darius, this has been a rough go here oh, the last yeah, week. Tom Pelley. Let me see those shades again, man. He, he looks like it'll yeah, be all right. It'll be all right, bro. I got you a pair too. It'll be. I appreciate that. Just kidding. This time, this time <laughs> just another. Just another. Darius, brother, thank you, man. Right, we appreciate you, DB. Appreciate y'all. So I've told this story before, but those who are new listeners, Darius Butler came to the Colts from the New England Patriots or the Carolina Panthers. I forget where he was at before us. He was a second-round draft pick for the Patriots for a while as a corner from the University of Connecticut. He came to our team. He played corner, then he played nickel, and then he played safety a little bit. I mean, he was all over. In Wednesday team meetings, whenever the head coach is going through the keys to victory and everything like that, every once in a while Chuck would ask questions about what the other team is going to do on Wednesday, and he wanted the defensive players to answer it. And he'd go around the room to each position group, and nobody would be like, oh, maybe this is. Darius every week was the only one that was like, oh, they're going to run bunch. They're going to do this. They're going to do that and that it's like he is a film grinder and whenever he just said joey burrow over 238 and a half yards i hammered the hell out of that oh, thing yeah. but aj that completely contradicts what you thought was going to happen with the cleveland browns yeah. so now i'm kind of torn yeah it, it, i i'm still sticking with my browns i respect darius's uh, thought and it, and it does make sense with how banged up the uh, brown secondaries i'm just counting on the browns finding a way to get some pressure all right, I'm counting on Miles Garrett having a big day, and I think one there's probably one other D lineman or DN that's going to have a big night too. And by the way, both things can happen. Joey yeah. Burrow can have a big night mm-hmm. and throw for 250, 260, and the Browns can can get a win. It does feel like this is one of those games. Now, granted, that is me just thinking about Baker Mayfield's debut in the. NFL, I think it was a Thursday night game. Yeah, well, I think it was a Thursday night game. Yep. Tyrod Taylor got like a concussion or something. Mm-hmm. He came in and Baker Mayfield mania was running wild. All the Cleveland was celebrating like it was the Cavaliers championship parade. Like we got a guy. We were pumped for Cleveland and Dog Pound. And then last year it was just like bleh, just complete <laughs> dud. And it, we don't know if it's Baker. We don't know if it's a situation. We talked to Dequell Jackson in the first hour. He said that place is just toxic. It's just a toxic place. Like it'll just get you. He said it'll just beat you down. It'll just beat you down, AJ. Freddie, get out of that rut. Like, 
that seems to be a well-known thing with Cleveland. How do they transition out of that? Can, and can Stefanski do that? Or do you need new ownership, new everything? How do you think you get out of it? Honestly, in your eyes, if you were to do that, I mean, you were at the Bengals there. You, got, you guys were in the playoffs, though, I think, whenever you played there. The Browns are just a completely different story. There was a time there where the citizens of Cleveland couldn't even drink Bud Light because they hadn't won a game yet to unlock the Bud Light to the city. It was, right. it was, it was a wild time. It's to be, shame. It's a whole different. What would you do? What, how do you change that? I mean, I guess you, you got to hopefully find the right coach. And they're hoping that Stefanski is that guy. They got like a whole new front office now as well. They got rid of the guys they brought in, John Dorsey, all the, these Green Bay guys, actually. They, they're all gone now that had, had been in Green Bay at one point in their career when I was in Green Bay. Um, I don't know. They, I think that's why people are so worried that are Cleveland fans because when Baker was picked and then he gets thrust into the lineup in that Thursday night game, Everybody that was a Cleveland fan is like, yes, we have found our guy. This is our quarterback. This is our savior. He's going to be here for 15 years, and we're going to we're going to make a run. No one's going to be laughing anymore. And right now, we're like on the verge of it's going to go one way or the other. Either Baker's the guy, or he's not. And are we going to looking at multiple years of losing seasons again? So sorry to interrupt. Uh, I know there was a good conversation flowing there. And you guys were like, well, why would you stop it at this point? Well, that's because I have to tell you that it's all about convenience. Cutwater Spirits help bring real alcohol drinks with you into the real world with their award-winning canned cocktails. There's 20 different varieties, and these are all great. Not these weird seltzers you see everywhere right now where you don't know if you're drinking rubbing alcohol or not. Oh, no, no, no. Cutwater Spirits are actual vodka sodas, actual gin and tonics, actual bloody Mary's actual Long Island iced teas, you name it, 20 different flavors, all coming out of a distillery in beautiful San Diego, California. The ABV, the alcohol by volume, changes to make sure you're tasting something absolutely beautiful whenever your lips touch the can. We got a chance to utilize and get introduced to Cutwater the night of my wedding. Connor showed up with a case of them. It was actually my wedding gift, so shout out to Connor for that. And once the bartenders uh, made their last call, final call, and everybody got their drinks of sort and maybe wanted one more, Connor came in flying like a hero with these canned cocktails. He tossed out a vodka soda to my lady, and she was like, damn, this tastes really good. A Long Island iced tea to my mom. She was like, here we go. Are we actually in Long Island? And then a Bloody Mary was had. It was too late. We should have saved that for the morning, but all their drinks taste exactly how they're supposed to taste and you don't need a mixologist or a bartender to make it happen cutwater spirits does it for you in a can it's efficient it's convenient it's clutch and that's what cutwater spirits are uh right now you go to most liquor stores they will have cutwater spirits in a can it's obviously better cold but you can do whatever you got to do whenever you drink it warm real alcohol real convenience real clutch cutwater spirits let's get back to the show What's happening? So they're combining last year's Hall of Fame class. AJ, you might know. Last year's Hall of Fame class and this year's Hall of Fame class for one big-ass Hall of Fame ceremony next year because that might be a 10-hour spectacle, and I am here for it, brother. Yeah, I think whoever got um, voted in last year, obviously they weren't able to do it this this past August or July, whenever it is. So, yeah, they're just combining them. So they already know the class from last year is going in now. They just put the, the initial 140-some guys that are up for it. Who, Peyton's obviously surefire. I saw a couple other guys on there that were guaranteed to get in first time. I yeah, I think I remember the picture they put out where I remember looking at a couple faces going, that person's getting in there. But to be honest, they made Peyton Manning double the size yeah. of everybody else. And yeah. I was like, yep, probably. His speech, by the way, is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would assume Peyton's speech is going to be awesome. Some of those speeches, now listen, it's your moment. You're going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You do whatever the hell you want to do. And I would assume that's what the NFL tells them. Uh, there's a lack of self-awareness by some people. They go a little bit too long. But I like he- I like listening to those speeches, to be honest. I like very much enjoy it. I like hearing like their thoughts on things, what they remember who they shout out i would assume peyton's is going to go down as the best speech in the history of the hall of fame potential ladanian tomlinson's also good mm. being used currently right now there's only a couple speeches you look back at and you go you know what good speech i assume peyton's going to be one of those as What's far up? as first year eligibles peyton's definitely going and i'm pretty sure charles woodson will get in on the first time as well yeah. didn't you play with charles woodson yeah played a long time with charles yeah Unbelievable. In, he's in no, no doubt why was he so good why was he such a great football player charles woodson well, Charles is – he's, like, uniquely intelligent both off the field and on the field. He has the he, – he probably has the best ball skills I've ever seen, like receiver or DB. Charles – I mean, he won the Heisman, returning punts, playing receiver and DB. Like, Charles can legit play receiver, but his football instincts are 
off the charts and it's because of how smart he is and because of how he studies too like charles was he would be calling out route combinations when they'll be they'll be moving pre-snap their motion into a certain formation charles will be calling out what the the most likely route combinations are coming like he He's just on another level, and everyone kind of was always in awe of what Charles can do. So, like, when I watched Peyton, Peyton in practice was the same Peyton as Sunday. Like, he treated every single practice as if it was a game. And I think a lot of guys that were very great. I mean, Freeney, whenever I was there, there was a couple of days, like, he took off. But when he practiced, you know, he's at Robert Mathis. It was like every practice was like a game. Reggie Wayne, every practice was like a game. I feel like those guys that are at that top level of football, I mean, there's probably some outliers. Did Charles Woodson go hard every day in practice, or was he a guy that like kind of took off some days and then he showed up on Sundays and that's all that mattered? No, when Charles was, was healthy, he practiced every single day. It, there was one year where he had some really bad like turf toe type thing, I, I believe, and he couldn't really practice at all. He would lay on the table and have his toe worked on and watch film on his iPad, and he wouldn't be able to practice, but then he'd come out in the game and, and light it up. Well, he had a year like that, but normally he was in there – he was always practicing and he's trying to get he, he would always get a ton of picks in practice too and the best is like it's fun you know like a guy like charles gets a pick in practice he's trying to return it to the house too so you know when that happens like the whole team gets involved coaches are all like when a defense when a, when a defense gets a pick if it's ones on ones i don't know if it was like this in india i would assume it is it was the guy starts running it back everybody that's on the offensive staff players coaches everybody is chasing that guy trying to at least <laughs> get some hands on him to slow him to stop him not let him return it for a touchdown and i would assume you as a middle linebacker after watching him start running you go oh shit i gotta run for this too and, <laughs> and you watch everybody on the and sometimes it's a red zone drill that's happening and you're down inside your own 20 as a defense you get a pick at the goal line and you there's only a couple guys normally on each team that are dead set on i'm gonna finish every single play like by the way nothing wrong with it you gotta do what you gotta do but what that does to everybody else on the defense you see they see one person get a pick and maybe they're like okay this play will stop then they see the who it was they're like ah fuck we got to run 85 yards right now with this guy as like as if we're going to do this it was those are electric moments that i just you know you don't get to see anywhere else except for on those practice films well i would usually what i would do especially because i don't want to run 85 yards and then have to sprint back and call the huddle for the next play because i don't get to take any plays off after that guy Whoa, like charles, no plays off no plays off, no plays plays off. off. guy like charles can can you know tap his arm and you know, someone can come in after he returns at 90 yards if he wants to. I would always try to find one of the offensive coaches, usually like the O-line coach, and I would go and I'd forearm him in the chest and I'd hold on to him and shield him. Like, no, come on, man. We're not running down the field now. Let's go. What are you doing? <laughs> initially be pissed at me because I would give him a little shot, but then they started to understand, no, this is what we're doing here so we can finish practice and still run hard in the next rep. Very, very smart. My go-to move when I was standing on the sideline uh, – you know, because practice, you can only kick so many balls and hold so many balls and throw so many dimes against the defense. You know what I mean? There's only so much you can do. Yeah. If anybody caught a ball on the sideline near me, I'm going for the punch out from the side just out of nowhere. And there was only one time I ever got the ball out, and that poor guy got like ridiculed so hard for dropping the ball because – the big thing with wide receivers is in practice, you catch it. Defense is even trying to punch it out after the play. So when the whistle is blown dead, even when you're jogging back to the huddle, defenders are trying to punch it out because balls on the ground is a point for the defense, and it's not a, it's a point against the offense or whatever. So whenever I was just, like, fucking around because I'm bored just trying to punch it out or whatever, everybody would be like, like, T.Y. was normally the guy that was on our sideline. He was getting the ball, and I'd go to punch it, and he would just every single time, nope, he would scream or whatever, <laughs> right, as he's running by. Young guy came by, and I just, it was like a perfect, like, perfect punch out dude just got chewed out in practice oh, no. in the film room i just felt so bad well ty i think told me he was like pat i hope you feel good uh the rookie that we don't even know his name just got chewed out for you punching the ball out or whatever he's probably gonna have to run probably won't get another rep I'm like, whoa, whoa 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 tell him to, hey ball security job security kid ball security <laughs> job security teacher. kid you gotta do what you gotta do yeah think of this poor kid he, he's probably a rookie probably peyton was there you're young <laughs> And he, he, he does he finds a way to catch a ball from Peyton Manning. He, he, he jukes the guy. He's run up the sideline. And all of a sudden, the, the punter slash kickoff artist punched the ball out on me and, and ruins my whole moment and actually puts a bad picture in all of the coaches' minds so Ugh. that they will never, ever put me in in a real game situation. It wasn't with Peyton. So it was with Andrew Luck. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it is doesn't still matter. Doesn't not matter, great. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. By the way, I did get a punch out in a game, though. So I was practicing, Worked too. Out. Yeah, How come nobody you? ever thinks about me practicing? You were right. I, you were right by doing that because it's true. Like, if a guy is holding a ball anywhere and he plays football, like, he should be. It's like the old, it's like the program. What, was it Omar Epps who carried yeah, the ball Darnell around? Yeah, Darnell Jefferson. Like, you can't, you, you can't let it down. And you know that 
if you have a ball in your hands, people are going to take shots at it all the time. Hey, keys to victory this week uh, for the offense, the ball, the ball, the ball. <laughs> keys to victory for the defense, the ball, the ball, the ball. And on special teams, let's just win field position. All right, let's get out of here. That is, the ball is the most important thing. I also enjoy uh, the defensive guys, whenever they take a corner in a hallway, they'll swipe the corner or something like that. Dip and rip. Yeah, like a dip and yeah. rip. I like those type of guys. Those are my favorite. Yeah, you got there's there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. We're gonna rip around every we corner. If you see a door, you're yeah, gonna yeah. strike and shed. Yeah, I get it. Yo, I strike and shed the oh, shit yeah. out of the general. The general, the general sc- strikes and shed. All right, that's the show. Can't thank the guests enough. Can't thank the boys enough. Can't thank you all enough for listening. Hashtag end of pod squad. Go ahead and tweet where the hell you're at right now. Uh, and you could potentially win some free merch. Our guy at Viva Lazito will be scanning through the Twitter, picking out winners. We've given away a few thousand dollars to the hashtag end of pod squad. We've given away a lot of merch. And now I want to do it again. Although we're not giving away money on this beautiful Thursday. Maybe tomorrow we will. We'll be giving out some merch. Uh, hashtag end of pod squad. Let us know where you're at, how you're feeling, and why you listen to the I'm a show on earth, which is Pat McAfee show 2.0. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. If you didn't just act like it never happened. Gumpy, Ty, please play some independent music. We're back tomorrow with a feel good Friday. Nick Mangold joins us tomorrow. Jets legend. Also, we have. I don't have my phone, but I remember. Uh, There's somebody else. Here, There's somebody on. else. that's very, very good. Nope. That's a tease. We have a couple <laughs> big guests coming for you tomorrow. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. Tell a friend, be a friend. You get it. Uh, please play some independent music and have the greatest Thursday in the history of your life.